for a period of time, I, I've, I've lived in, in Europe in different places. My family lived in different parts of it. And I spent five years in Rome studying. And if you walk around these old European towns, they have these tiny little stores, these tiny little shops. And it's an old guy, his son, and their little dog. And all they do is make frames. Frames is what they do. That's it. They frame everything. It's really great. There's a guy right down the street from that one which just does bookbinding. And he's got this tiny little shop, no bigger than our sacristy over there. And that's all he does. And he's really good at it. And it's part of who he is. It's his identity. This is what I do. We have something similar here at Maryland, right? We go to the football game and we hear uh, over the loudspeaker, crab cakes and football, that's what Maryland does. And I don't know how true that actually is, but it's a statement of identity. This is what we are about. Crab cakes and football. And there is something similar that's happening today here in Mass. We are about the resurrection from the dead. That is what we do. That is what our faith is about. There are all sorts of other extraneous things, but the heart and the soul of who we are is about resurrection. It's about rising from the dead. Now, of course, we know and we hear from the readings today that it's not just about earthly death. It's about spiritual death. And we can learn a lot about what that means from the analogy of Lazarus in our gospel today. And so I just want to point out three things that help us to understand what it means to truly live, what it means to rise from the dead. The first is that death is something that is so constraining. Picture yourself standing next to Lazarus in the tomb. Picture yourself inside that tomb. It's dark. There's a giant stone uh, rolled across the entrance. It's a small little cave. There's a little bench with Lazarus on it. Lazarus is tied up. He's wrapped around with burial bands. His hands and his feet are bound. He can't go anywhere. He can't do anything. He can't move. He's just there. He's not alive. And we know what that means implicitly, but think about what it means. There's a lack of an ability. There's a lack of movement. There's a lack of freedom. And the same thing happens to us in spiritual death. When we are caught up in our sinfulness, we are less free. When we are caught up in our sinfulness and our woundedness, we are constrained. We are in the darkness. Even if We don't seem like it externally. We feel it internally. The walls are closing in around us a little bit. And we're unable to be fully and truly alive. Sin tells us this is what's going to make you alive, but that emptiness remains within us. And we find it harder and harder to break free. We are are tied up just as Lazarus is tied up by our sins and unable to be free from them. And we worry that nothing is going to change that. Nothing's going to be able to get us out. The second thing, and that is that the, the, the line, the famous line, this is, this is a, a joke, uh, why, by prefacing something as a joke and then saying it means that, like, oh, it's probably not that funny. But um, uh, uh, there, there's a famous joke that, like, when they ask, you know, someone, okay, this is really stupid. I, I, I probably shouldn't even say it. 
But, you know, bishops, when they have a coat of arms, they have a scripture, scripture passage at the bottom, like that means something important to them. And that's one of the jokes that you say to, to a different priest, like, oh, what's your, what's your motto going to be? And uh, everyone always says the good one is, Lord, there will be a stench. Um, like that, that's, uh, that should be my motto. Um, but that line is important. And it, I think it's, it, it speaks to a lot of things in this reading. And it's the second thing I want to focus on when, about spiritual death. Lord, there will be a stench. And there are two things that are being expressed there. One, the ugliness of death. We do a lot in our society to try and cover that up. We don't have stenches at funerals. We don't have these different things. If you've been around funerals as much as I have, you see that there's this effort to kind of drive all that away and to make all the unpleasantness of it and the sadness of it go away. But that's what's being expressed here, that there's something terrible about death, something difficult and painful and ugly. It's the same thing with sin within us. It's, it's difficult and painful and ugly, and it makes us less ourselves. But there's another thing being expressed there, too, which is that um, Mary is saying, or Martha is saying, Lord, it's too late. It's been four days. It's too late for you to heal him. What, what are you going to do? Don't roll that back away. Don't, don't uncover this. Don't, don't uh, open up that grave. And we do the same thing with us. So often when we've been caught up in sin, we're afraid that I can never be made better. And we don't want anyone to go to that place in our hearts that's wounded, that's sinful, because we're afraid, Lord, that place I don't want to see, that place I don't want to go, there will be a stench there. And it's too late for you to heal it. It's too late. I'm already too wounded. The Lord doesn't listen to that. He says, roll away that stone. And whether it's the stone of Lazarus's grave or whether it's the stone in our hearts that we've placed over those places of woundedness and brokenness and sinfulness, the Lord says, roll it away. But Lord, I don't want to. Roll it away and you will see the power of God. And that brings me to my third thing. Jesus calls and Lazarus responds. Jesus doesn't go in there and pull him out. It just takes a word from him. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And you can imagine if you were standing there in that tomb, the the heart of Lazarus beating again and that heart being drawn by that voice who is calling him by name and saying, come out of your tomb, come out of your grave, come and live again. And that motive power within him pulling him out and he is walking out even though he's confused, even though he doesn't know what's going on, even though he's tied up in burial bands, he responds and he goes forth. And the same thing happens to us. Resurrection from the dead is not uh, just, I don't know, like weekend at Bernie's, walking the corpse out. It's not just a robot. A robot's not fully alive. A robot is programmed. It's about being fully ourselves, motivated by our soul and our heart, with motive power within us. And that comes from the Lord calling our name. He says to you, come out, come out of your tomb, come out of your grave, come out of that place of sinfulness. And that word strikes in your heart and it draws you. And sometimes it's a subtle word. You can imagine that tied up with all those burial cloths, he might not have been able to hear Jesus very clearly, but he heard his name and he heard Jesus and that new life was welling up within him and he came out. And so sometimes it comes to us just in a word of, I should be living differently. I should be living differently. 
That's just the subtle echo of the Lord saying to you in your heart, come out, calling you by name. Sometimes it happens through a desire, a drawing. Today, after the homily, we're going to have our third scrutiny for the RCIA candidates. They're the ones who are, these are the uh, students who are about to be baptized at the Easter Vigil. And they've all experienced in their hearts this drawing, this calling, this, this something within them that's prompted them to say, I want to live this new life. I want to live this life in the church. I want to find the Lord in the sacraments. And that same voice that was calling to Lazarus has been calling to them. And it calls to each one of us. It calls you by name. He says to you, come out, be free, be raised from the dead. Brothers and sisters, that's what we do here. That's what the church is. It is the source of resurrection. It's the place where we hear the word of God speaking to us and calling us by name. And it's the place where grace invades our hearts, uh, sets them on fire, and enables us to live a real life, to live with vibrancy and faith, to live with a deep and lasting love within us, to live like we never thought possible we could live. That is what we're here for. That's what this is about. That's why you come here on Sunday. That's why you go to confession. To be raised from the dead and to be truly and utterly alive.